Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show with Restita and Robert, your source for martial arts talk radio. Good evening, listeners. Uh, this is Bob Neal. You are on the Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio Show, and I am joined tonight by my wonderful, beautiful, talented, tough, ass-beater, Michelle Monin. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you for joining me tonight. Wow, what an, what an introduction, Sifu Bob. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us tonight. Well, I am really looking forward to this show. Uh, We're having uh, Michelle Tomlinson, which is uh, a wonderful martial artist uh, out of uh, the Kung Fu Femmes uh, uh, show here in Los Angeles. And she'll be calling in a little while later, about 6.30 or so. And I'm just really looking forward to this show. And, you know, every time Rusty leaves me alone, something goes wrong, and I don't know what it is. I press the wrong button. Or something <laughs> happened. Now, Michelle, you're an attorney, and you you know how, and you and I have had this discussed before. You know how the sexual harassment laws have really gone over the edge. They've, they've, I don't believe in it, but there was a point. You know, I made a joke, and thank God they laughed this week. This this lady at work, very nice Filipino lady, gave me a chocolate kiss at work. Right, and the oh. HR lady and her were having lunch, and I, and I said, "I want to file a sex harassment charges." Grace gave me a kiss during lunch. Uh, it was funny. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me do a notice of errata first. I am not an attorney. I am just a juris doctorate with over twenty years of experience. But nonetheless, I'd like to comment on that. Anytime anyone uses the phrase sexual harassment, it is grounds for termination or a lawsuit. Because uh, the state has made, at least California has made it so uh, stringent that if that word, those words are even uttered, that the employer needs to look into it. So that's why you don't go around making jokes about sexual harassment, Bob. Are you, so you mean it's gone that far? Wow. It, yeah, no, it has. I mean, because we also have woman-on-woman sexual harassment, man-on-man sexual harassment as our world changes and uh, sexuality changes uh, in the public. So, you know, it's no longer the classic man-on-woman. So there's a lot of groundbreaking cases going on right now. Um, and even, you know, there was one that was really large with a, uh, a makeup manufacturer and distributor. And uh, that was alleged sexual harassment, but there wasn't really any sexual about it. It was more gender harassment where a saleswoman actually sued and won against this very large international makeup company uh, because she said that um, the her boss was saying that she wasn't pretty enough and she wasn't um, hip enough to actually sell the product. So that became a sexual harassment suit, but it was mostly gender inequality. So, I mean, 
it's just all over the board and there's new laws constantly being made and uh, reinforced and, you know, cases overthrown. So it's just, it's a hot topic, very hot topic. Wow. I just, wow. I didn't realize how hot a topic that was. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I, in Dragon Fest, I met your daughter, uh, yes. you drug her out and sure a did. couple of days later, she gave birth to twin boys. How are your new grandchildren? Oh, well, it's eight weeks now, and they're just amazing. They look like little fighting Buddhas already, with a lot of muscle, muscles and attitude, and they're just they're just adorable. But we're definitely extremely sleep deprived here. So much so, if I oh, threw up my words and can't articulate a sentence, I have good reason for it. <laughs> but thanks for asking, Bob. <laughs> wow, I did not know that that. That attitude can run in the family. I didn't know that that was genetic. <laughs> well, apparently it must be. Um, I don't know if you saw that picture of the boys that I posted on Facebook a couple of days ago, but they were not happy that I took their photo. So, I mean, how do eight-week-olds know when the camera is out? It's just, you know, you saw the scowl and the eyebrow, and even the younger yeah. one had his fists all ready to go. <laughs> it was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> that that was. They're cute, cute babies. How's mama? She's great. I mean, she dropped all of her body weight four weeks, uh, all the baby weight four weeks after she gave birth, and she's recovering. But, you know, there's an issue with postpartum, you know, that a lot of women suffer from, and it's it's amazing. You know, even though you're looking at two tangible humans that are here, it's almost as if a woman's body feels a, a, a tremendous sense of loss. So, um, you know, that's something I'm sure a lot of women deal with, but it's been something that we're dealing with here. So definitely a challenge um yeah right right and 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 i i remember that the only thing i i dealt with you know the woman and you're right the woman does their body feels that loss but then after the baby's born the only thing you, you you're lost is sleep oh my gosh yes you don't even know it's two to four hours of patchy sleep every night and we're going on the ninth week so I don't know, but uh, what about you? You're an expecting grandparent. How is everything going? Good. It's going really well. We're having the baby shower next Sunday. Oh, how wonderful. Uh, I'm pretty excited. The, the the girl, his girlfriend is actually starting to grow on me. And I know Aww. that I know exactly where that pivotal point was because, you know, they're not married and it's it's, you know, it's her body and everything else. She's actually going to give the baby our last name, which technically she doesn't have to. I think that was a pivotal point where I said, now you're family. That's wonderful. Well, I'm glad. I'm happy to hear that. It was was very cool. Uh, So let's get on with the show. We've got some birthdays. We've got Slow Duke Dow. That is his Facebook name. He is an L.A. police officer that is actually uh, his jurisdiction by where I work in Canoga Park. My sister-in-law, Pamela Deal, her birthday is on the 29th. Very famous stuntman, choreographer, Al Leong. His birthday is on the 30th. Chelsea Knack, which is the daughter of my best friend, Greg Woolridge. Uh, Silky Greg Woldrich, her birthday is on the 3rd. Another mm. fine martial artist, Eric T. Thompson, his birthday is also on the 3rd. And a good friend of mine I used to work with till the economy tanked. And his name is Richard <laughs> Lawrence, and his birthday is on the 3rd. 
Do you have any special days, any birthdays, anybody you'd like to give a shout-out to tonight? Oh, you know, I wish I would have prepared, but not right now. <laughs> I know, Jill. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. We pretty much wing it. We have no idea what we're doing sometimes. But <laughs> I have been going to a lot of movies lately. I went and saw the martial arts kid. Uh, three Didn't times you go twice or three times, Bob? I went three times. I went at Burbank oh, Film Festival, goodness. LA Independent, and the Crest down in Westwood, which is an absolutely beautiful theater. And uh, I Friday night, I saw The Chemist, uh, Art Camacho's new movie out. In uh, Of course, you were there. Uh, I thought it was a fabulous movie, great storyline. Uh, had a really had a real twist at the end, at the very end of it. Uh, True. The movie flowed along. I didn't expect that twist. Of course, I'm not going to mention it, but uh, I didn't expect that. And it was at the well, Action I've... on Film Film Festival. Go ahead. Yeah, no, and and you know what? Yesterday was the actual awards for that film festival, and guess what? The chemist took home seven awards. So I'm wow. so excited for Art Camacho and the entire chemist cast and crew um, for what they did and the great work they put together. Uh, and it branched out. You know, what I found interesting about the movie was all of the fight scenes were, were really well done, but they actually didn't keep it just traditional. You didn't see the normal stances. They went to the ground. And so you're seeing a lot of all different arts. I mean, when Olivier was actually doing one scene, I think they were in a living room, or uh, I can't remember exactly if it was the bar scene, but you saw Krav uh, uh Muay Thai, you saw uh, ground fighting, uh, you saw some Greco-American wrestling, and then you saw the typical just, you know, karate, kung fu mixed in with it, and it, that was all in one fight scene. And so I thought they did a really good job at blending everything, and unless you know the different arts, you wouldn't necessarily know. You just think they're fighting, you know, it's all karate, right, <laughs> to the rest of the world. Right. But, I mean, you could see definitive moves that were actual art. So it was really beautifully done. And I'm just so, you know, and, and Patrick Kilpatrick actually took home the People's Choice Award last night. So, you know, bravo to him and his great role as the main villain. Um, he did a great job. They all did. And so so happy for Art. Oh, yeah. That's, I, I'm going to text him and, and tell, tell him congratulations when we're done. Uh, it was amazing. I had so many friends in that movie. Uh, Sasha Mitchell has been a customer of my wife for years. Uh, the Valley Martial Arts Supply, they're, they had had the owner and his wife and their daughter in it, uh, Olivier. You got, and just yeah, Billy R. Smith and Carl Van Meter. Yes. I mean, there was just so many different artists uh, that we see around all the time. They're just wonderful to be around, let alone work with. So very exciting for the whole cast and crew. Oh, ab- absolutely. It was just a great, great time. Uh, and, and this is where Rusty gets jealous about living so far away. She doesn't get <laughs> the opportunity to do some of the things we do. You well, know? you know, I would be upset, too, because just put yourself in her shoes. You know, you would you would want, you'd know that all this is going down, and you would want to actually be able to go, too, and you just can't. So... I understand her frustration. <laughs> I'm grateful I, I to be too. around so I can go. <gasps> yeah. Right. Me, me, you know, me too. Uh, uh, they're having like, uh, for example, they're having a bunch of stuff at the 
museum this month. I mean, every week, the third, this, the 10th, the 17th. Uh, I think they even have something on the 24th, uh, John Crane Day. Uh, oh, how awesome. It, it's going to be awesome. So there is a uh, tournament coming up. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Uh, sure. Well, we've got the City of Destiny Classic. Um, it's a SKIL AA rated tournament. Uh, the promoters are Mike Shintaku and David Carmen, which I'll give you their email addresses in a moment. But the tournament location is at Pacific Lutheran University uh, in the athletic department location in Tacoma, of course, Washington. So you can reach Mike, uh, Mike Shintaku at Mike at cityofdestinyclassic.com and David Carmen at kimartialarts at gmail.com. So for more information, you can also call 253-229-7923. Beautiful. That's going to be a great tournament. Now, let's turn it back over to Michelle for health news. As I'm pressing the button and nothing happens. There it goes. <laughs> What do you got for health news, Michelle? I love it, Bob. Okay, so we're on to health news. Um, A connection has been found between fitness levels, brain activity, and executive function. It's a story from Beckman Institute for Advanced Science and Technology. So they say that the aging process is associated with declines in the brain function, which includes memory and how fast our brain processes information. Yet previous research has found that higher levels of cardiorespiratory fitness in older adults leads to better executive function in the brain, which helps with reasoning and problem solving. Higher cardiorespiratory also have also been found in increased brain volume and key brain regions. So this new study uh, was done for the advanced science and technology at the University of Illinois, and it reveals the connection between brain activation, cardiorespiratory fitness, and executive function in older adults. So let's see, what is executive brain function? And, you know, everyone always wants that title, or they're an executive, or they're, in an off, they're an officer. So they say that it's, uh, while you're in that role, it's the brain's ability to regulate and control cognitive processes, including working memory, reasoning, tax flexibility excuse me, flexibility, and problem solving as well as planning and execution. I'm just going to insert myself into the story right now. I just think that we need to remove executive altogether because no matter if you're a janitor or a trash man or an executive or the president of the United States, at whatever level we're functioning, this applies to every single one of us. We're all constantly regulating trying to control our cognitive processes or not, we're primitive and we just explode in emotion. Um, you know, we want to work on our memory and they've got all those, you know, memory games out there for us right now on our iPads or, you know, actually in cards or in books that we can buy when we're traveling. We all reason, hopefully. We all, you know, are flexible in tasks and are prioritizing. And we also solve problems, plan, and execute. So I think that this is a great story, but it actually applies to all of us, not just executives. So it says previous stories have shown that there's a relationship between cardiorespiratory fitness and behavioral performance in older adults. 
Other stories have looked at cardiorespiratory, fitness, and brain function, but really linking all three of those hasn't been quite done as explicitly as we did in, in, in this paper, says Chelsea Wong, an MD, PhD student at the University of Illinois, and the first author on the paper, which was published as Frontiers in Aging Neuroscience. The team led by Art Kramer, Beckman Institute's Director and Professor of Psychology and Neuroscience at Illinois, examined brain images and fitness level data from 128 adults between the ages of 59 and 80. With functional magnetic resonance imaging, which we all know as MRIs, uh, these scans gathered in the Beckman Institute's Biomedical Imaging Center, the researchers found that certain regions of the brain were activated more when performing two simultaneous tasks compared to one single task. So the team found the overall relationship between cardiorespiratory fitness levels and higher executive function may be partially explained through activation in a region of the brain called the anterior cingulate cortex and the supplementary motor area. They deem that as ACC-SMA. This is what they said. We analyzed areas of the brain that were activated while the participants were completing two tasks and found that the ACC-SMA activation was associated with higher cardiorespiratory fitness. It's an important area for higher leveling functions, such as conflict motoring, multitasking, and dual task processing itself. So as we can see, uh, fitness has a lot to do with um, our overall cognitive health. And so they said that this research adds to their growing understanding of the relationship among physical activity, the cognitive, and brain functioning, and suggests that we can improve our brain health by changing our lifestyle even as we age. So it just goes to show you that on a physical level, if you don't use it, you lose it, and not just losing it in muscle mass or body coordination. The brain can decline too. And that's our health news here at Dynamic Dojo. Very cool. You know, it's funny. You mentioned earlier because we were talking about Rusty, you know, not being able to go to a lot of the same events we can uh, go to. And you said, well, put yourself in her shoes. I couldn't. My feet would hurt. Those shoes would just squeeze the life out of me. <laughs> you want to wear mine? You want to wear my quarantine? heels? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think Rusty's shoes you know are what? a I, lot more comfy. I, I, I do have a cast for it, though. <laughs> I do have oh, a cast for it. Oh, my goodness. And, and I so know Rusty. That's right. I, I knew Rusty was listening. And I think she just sent me a text and said, bite me. Oh, no, she said, very bite Because <laughs> <laughs> I know oh she's listening. So we're on to this button isn't working either. Weird there we go. Weird news. This comes, and I have no one city in Washington, so I have no idea where this is. Maybe Rusty does. A horde of wild bunnies has left one city in Washington hopping mad. Hundreds of bunnies <laughs> are running wild around Langley. Okay, Lang, Langley, Washington, on Wood Bay Island. They're bar, they're burrowing holes in school football fields, destroying the foundations of buildings, and posing health risks. Two people and their pets, according to local officials. There is feces everywhere, and there are some illnesses that can be carried and transmitted. Brian Miller, facilities director of the South Wood Bay School District, told the NBC affiliate King 5, countless wild rabbits are digging up a middle school football field in Langley, Washington. 
uh, says the, the King 5 report, the Bunnies are even digging up a middle school football field the district just spent $80,000 to restore. Ouch. Every day there are, yeah, no kidding. Every day there are <laughs> new holes, and the ones we've filled, the ones that filled in are already dug out again, Miller said. Fuzzy's scourge is, is believed to be the pro- progeny of European hares that escaped from the island county fairgrounds decades ago, according to the station. But Criminal. the bunnies have found a safe haven in the city of Langley, where some residents feed them, and there are buildings under which they can burrow away from natural predators. Everybody is saying we've never seen seen it like this before, Miller said. A community meeting is scheduled for October 7th to address the city's rabbit problem. Langley has considered everything from relocating the creatures to releasing... Uh, thank you. <laughs> uh, into, into, I, I'm looking back going, okay, that's not right. Because you know how some of these stories, they write them and rewrite them and rewrite them. By the time I look at them, they're all over the place, right? Well, uh, I think that they parts. actually, I'm going to interrupt you. I think they're not talking about, like, the dinosaur raptors, because obviously they're extinct. <laughs> I think that they're just talking about that, a that's predator. That's a good guess. That... <laughs> so, but they're, they're sending predators in, I guess, to control the population a little bit, uh-huh. because you know mm-hmm. you know what bunnies do all the time. To bunnies create more bunnies. That's busy, right. They, busy, they get really busy. Uh, so that <laughs> is it for my weird news that I just totally screwed up. And Rusty still, still – see, people don't realize what we go through on this show. <laughs> Rusty – oh, now she's correcting me. Thanks, Rusty. Yeah, I was going to bring you on to hell with that now. <laughs> Uh-oh. You better bring her on, Bob, or I'm hanging up. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there it is. Oh, and one thing I noticed, she has made this idiot proof. See, we have sound bites, and they used to be all over the place because it was alphabetical. She made it absolutely idiot proof by numbering them. I mean, I got on the board at like 5.30 going, okay, I'm scared to death because I haven't, I haven't done a show in over a year by myself. And she, she actually did a really good thing for me. Now, you know uh, how uh, in the entertainment industry, how marriage, people get married like they go out to lunch. When they're done with it, yeah. they're done. Right. Well, and, it's and, kind and, of like just are dating, you know. They break up and they make up, and then they break up, and then they break up and they go out with someone else, and they break, they go out, break up. So it's like treat marriage as if they're just like on and off, boyfriend girlfriend. I don't know. <laughs> right. That's how it seems. Yeah. So exactly. who's, who's on the list for uh, breaking up? Here's another. Up this, this one on the list. She's only been married about three years. Is from she first started. I think her breakthrough was uh, Eight Simple Rules with John Ritter. And now she's on Big Bang Theory for like the last seven or eight years. Kaylee Coco seems to be doing just fine after her split with husband Ryan Sweeting because she just got a new horse. This, I guess oh this my. is her therapy. Uh, <laughs> Coco therapy. posted the photos. 
Saturday morning saying, welcome to the family, Zaza. Kaylee is no, no stranger to horses. She's ridden them competitively in the past. So the new Fury friend will come, come in very handy. And if anyone had any doubts about the split, you'll notice she's sans wedding ring. What does that mean? That sans means without. So she's uh, she's without oh, her wedding got it. ring. So she, oh, okay. So she took it off, chucked it, said, see ya. A rep yeah. for the Big Bang Theory star confirmed with TMZ Friday that Coco and Sweeting decided to end their marriage, but it's unclear if the divorce has actually been filed. I so, hate to be just completely insensitive, but I don't care. I don't care what any of them do, and I don't know if anyone else, I mean, feels the same way I do. I don't mean to be insensitive. I really don't. But, you know, maybe I should have got a horse 12 years ago. Maybe that would have been my cure. <laughs> I don't know, Bob. <laughs> oh, my. Now, the next one is yours, but I found this very interesting. Why don't you tell us about the next story? Well, it's it's really cool. I mean, this I care about. It's the Roadhouse reboot, and um, it's going to be uh, with MGM, and it's a reboot of, the, of course, the 1980s cult classic Roadhouse. Um, believe it or not, it will star USC's Ronda Rousey, who will play Patrick Swayze's bouncer character, hired to clean up the double deuce, uh, the rowdiest bar in Missouri. And so Rousey is as serious about taking on the Swayze role. She contacted Swayze's widow, uh, Lisa Niemi, to ask her blessing on taking the cult role. So she was given the green light, and so it won't be long before we see Ruzi fighting just about everyone in full-length feature film. Um, so the Roadhouse reboot, created specifically for Ruzi, is the fourth project to be created for the MMA star. Uh, Paramount has her biopic, um, My Fight, Your Fight. Uh, the Athena project is being made by Warner Brothers. And STX has the action picture Mile 22, which will be out in 2016, where Ruzi will work with Mark Wahlberg. So Ruzi has already appeared in Series 7, Entourage, and her cameo in the Expendables 3. So that's pretty exciting. I'd like to see that. Uh, it is very exciting. You know, she's, I mean, not that she's not big now, but she's going to be absolutely in the ozone. She's going to be. You know, because I remember, you know, I I actually, there's no joke, nominated her for the Masters Hall of Fame about four years ago. Oh, wonderful. Because of her warrior lifestyle. And Dan, Dan Heck, the CEO, was going to let it go through because of the lifestyle, you know, uh, uh, Olympic judo team. Yeah, and, right. And her, her, her and I used to email back and forth all the time. I mean, I got her all her information. <laughs> now she won't return my calls. <laughs> Well, I mean, look, she's extremely busy. And, you know, I have a lot of respect for her. She's a fighter. And, you know, on on another note about Ruthie, um, she just doesn't care. You know, people are saying that her body's not feminine enough and she's got bad attitude. She's a fighter. You know, I mean, they would never say anything like that about a man. So, you know, for I think we're going to start to see a lot of these reboots or, you know, remakes of some of the older movies, but a female inserted into the lead role. And I think that's really awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. In a male-dominated uh, uh, bouncer role, role like this is just amazing for her. And she, she, she's going to do very well at it. Uh, you know, now she's got people coming out of the woodwork, Tank Abbott, uh, these people saying, I'm gonna, I want to fight Ronda Rousey. Why? Oh, brother. <laughs> you know, and nothing would be further from the – I have never looked at her and go, 
your body's not feminine. She's a very beautiful uh, woman. Yeah. Well, you, you know, know, it's so funny. She said, well, yeah, of course it's not. I'm a fighter. And that's all I keep saying. She's a fighter, like really sarcastic, because what do you expect? She's built to bang, you know, and not the bang that guys usually want. She's a brawler, okay? I'm sorry, but I'm just going to say it how it is. And you know what? On top of it, she, her response was, I am not a D." N B. And what does that stand for? A do nothing beep. You know what I'm saying? She's gonna have broken nails. She's gonna have black eyes. She's gonna hurt herself, strain tendons, maybe even break something. But she's doing what she loves and she's damn good at it. So people can go and say whatever they want, but I I think this role is perfect for her. Because it, she's it in your it, face. Yeah. She is. It was it was great. Uh, uh, Rousey just texted me and says that they're uh, redoing the Ghostbusters movie with an all-female cast. That yeah, would be cool. I saw that about six months ago. That's going to be very interesting. That is going to be very cool. Well, why don't we do this? Uh, let's take a uh, short break, and uh, when we get back, we are going to hopefully be on the air live with Michelle Tomlinson. Yay! Four minutes. I'm looking forward to it. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council. Dear parents, much of what we learn in this world comes directly from you. Whatever your message is, it will become part of us forever. Please teach us to accept one another. Teach us to respect one another. Please, do not fill our minds with hatred. Do not expose us to bigotry. Do not teach us to judge each other by race, religion, orientation, or the color of our skin. Teach us the concept of tolerance. Teach us to understand one another. Teach us to accept people of different cultures and persons with different beliefs than yours. Please help us to create a world where every man, woman, and child is treated equally. Dear parents, please don't teach us words of hate. We learn from you every moment. If you use certain words which might be hurtful to others, we will repeat that word. Please don't show us acts of hate. If you act against people of different faiths, we will repeat your actions. Dear parents, we are your children. And we are relying on you to help us create a world where every person is tolerant of one another. Inside this little Burbank building, this is the first museum in the world dedicated to martial arts. It it really reflects on the style and the, the philosophy of each and every different culture. White eyebrow kung fu, monkey kung fu, the animal styles, Shaolin. Talking about the ninja here. Japan had the samurai. Here we go into our Korean section. In fact, every corner of Asia and the Pacific has its own martial art. It'll be an absolute shame if one day you ask a kid and he doesn't know who Bruce Lee is. From the history of the Japanese samurai to the artistry of anime, Enjoy a look into Asian culture by visiting the Martial Arts History Museum in Burbank. 
Hi, this is Frank Duke. This is T.J. Douglas Wong. Hi, this is Kumu Lua, Michelle Manu, and you're listening to Rosita and Bob on the Dynamic Dojo Radio Show. The only place to be to get the real scoop on the real things that are going on in the martial arts world. Do you have an idea for a guest or a topic that you'd like to hear on the Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio Show? If you do... You can email your suggestions and ideas to dynamicdojoradiohost at gmail.com or you can also post it on the Dynamic Dojo Facebook page. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show with Restita and Robert, your source for martial arts talk radio. Welcome back to the Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio Show. This is uh, Robert Deal with Michelle Manu. Thank you for joining me again, Michelle. Michelle, are you there? I am here. I was said thank you. It's my honor. <laughs> I just uh, I'm so grateful you asked, but you know I can never fill Rosita's shoes. I sure try to just come on and have fun. <laughs> And that's what we're all about is having fun. You know, we had the uh, the 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 tolerance commercial, which was is a great message for the kids because they're right; they will mimic their parents. Uh, mm-hmm. My my, there was a running joke in 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 my house. My daughter used to tell me this was years ago, and she's seventeen now. She said, "Dad, you're not racist or or prejudiced against anybody. You just hate people." <laughs> that sounds like one of my relatives. <laughs> and she's yes. a psychologist. I love it. <laughs> well, I oh, want to and, and I want to bring on our guest, uh Michelle Yay. Tomlinson. Please help me welcome Michelle Tomlinson to the show. Welcome, Michelle, and thank you for joining us in this fine Yay. hot summer day. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, Hello. And I'm I'm sorry, Rusty could not be with us. She's with us in spirit, and she is listening on her way home. Uh, she had a quite an honor today of accepting her seventh dan in Kedrick Kepo. Oh, so that's exciting. awesome! So wonderful. Well, first, so, I wanted to say that we, everyone, Dynamic Dojo, all of our listeners, want to give you a belated congratulations um, on your Golden Halo Award, which was May nineteenth. Um, yeah, you. it's the 79th Annual Southern Motion Picture Council Award Ceremony. So, God, congratulations, Michelle. Thank you. It was That was really an incredible experience. Uh, Joe Williamson really helped make that happen, and it was it was just awesome. Thank you so much. Oh, sure. But we also want to congratulate you on the news of your little bundle of joy that yeah. has arrived. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I think I'm... Just just hit five months, five months pregnant. So there's a there's a lot happening these days, I tell you. Oh, life changing. That's just exciting. So how are you feeling? I'm great. I'm great. The first awesome. trimester was really rough, I won't lie. It was mm-hmm. felt like I had bed spins twenty four seven. So it was oh, just my. it was just tough. But you know, that's normal. Most women go through that. And now I just I feel great. I'm excited, and it's uh, this is a really fun time of pregnancy. So, 
Well, well you, you want to know the sex eventually? I'm sorry, Bob. I'm, I'm just excited. Go ahead. <laughs> you Go ahead. want to know the sex, or is it going to be a surprise? It's a girl. Yeah. No, I, I, oh, I did want to find out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Bob. I'm sorry. Well, I'm done. Go that's ahead. Okay. <laughs> She's never done. I will be I absolutely will be but Michelle it was really funny we were, my wife and I were sitting with uh, my son and his girlfriend and she's a little further along her baby's doing in December and my wife got okay. so mad at me because I started to put the fear of God into him about how women are when they're pregnant about how they become like the exorcist or like Linda Blair their head starts to spin, <laughs> and, every, and, and everything's our fault. Well, it's true, isn't it? <laughs> yes, absolutely. I'm not going to – if I didn't agree with you, I <laughs> But now, You know, I have to interject. My daughter just gave birth to twin boys eight weeks ago, and she was, like, the happiest pregnant lady ever and never had an issue. So much so she has, like, a great, great sense of loss right now. So I think – it is different for every woman, but, I mean, the norm is absolutely the first trimester is miserable. But we don't do it to yeah. torment you men. For heaven's sakes, you should be sympathetic. <laughs> That's right. Flowers. Flowers. Yeah. Anything we want, helpful. essentially. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and, you know, the first trimester, you get this phone, you're like, my God, is this going to end? Because, you know, I I deal with a lot of parents on a daily basis, mm-hmm. and there were a couple of, of moms who said, you know, I, I don't want to scare the hell out of you, but I was this sick the entire time of being pregnant. Mm-hmm. Then there That's were some correct. moms who were like, I was never, you know, struck with morning sickness. Yeah. I was fine the whole time. And, you know, there I was like month two, like green in the face. <laughs> like, uh-huh. Oh, God. Awful. So it's, yeah, but it's um, that right as I'm hitting like month five, it's just rad, man, because I can feel her yeah. moving around. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more That's movement awesome. happening, and you know I'm like the size of a of a moose, but it's okay. Like it's really okay. <laughs> I highly doubt that. Oh, God. Well, oh, Michelle, beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it is. It really is. And of course, now I've got two Michelles on the phone, so I've got to go. Okay, That's how right. do I identify the two of them? Uh, Michelle, what got <laughs> you interested in acting and the movie industry? You know, I loved doing theater when I was a little kid. And and by little, I mean, my gosh, like the Missoula Children's Theater would do a tour thing, and they would hit my town every summer. And so I think I was maybe eight or nine when I got to be like a tree in a play. I was a dancing tree. It was my very first role ever. Awesome. And I loved it. And then I hit high school, and I, I quit all of it because I fell in love with video production. And did the other side of the camera all throughout high school. And then when I got to college, I was like, you know, I'm going to take a theater class just to see what's up with that. It was like the tickle in the back of your head that doesn't really quite Mm -hmm. go away. And Mm -hmm. I took a beginning acting class and a makeup class, a theatrical makeup, uh, facial makeup stuff. And I went, oh, whoa, I'm home. And it just never went back. Yeah, it was wonderful. Well, that is. I mean, people have that tickle, and they never really revisit it. And then they go throughout their life not really serving out one of their one or maybe the or, their only purpose. So that's right. wonderful. 
we're able to find it, you know, because most of us are banging our heads, you know. We, we see people banging their heads, like, well, if you want to do it, just do it, and they just won't bite it and do it, you know. So right. For or, you, you know, there's a, there's, a creative, there's a creative aspect in every single person on earth. Mm-hmm. And it oftentimes is that little itch. So whether you're a rocket scientist or an actor who would rather be a painter or you know, whatever whatever your thing is, uh, you've got to feed that little bit of creativity, even if it's a hobby or if it turns into your right. whole life pursuance. It's, it's that creative, artistic itch that happens back there. Well, it's perfect. So I want to talk about your creative itch and your great performing troupe and web series that you have right now called the Kung Fu Femmes. And so can you tell our listeners a little bit about the troupe and the series and how you came, you know, became involved in it? and um, how your martial arts background kind of fits into that. You know, I used to take a, a martial art called Kwan Mu Do that was a mixture of a lot of different mm. I I just took it for kicks, for fun. I took Taekwondo back in high school, and then in Los Angeles, I took Kwan Mu Do from a guy named Eddie for about, I don't know, two or three years. And mm-hmm. in, I think it was Backstage West, which is uh, – it's mostly a digital, of course, now, but at the time, <laughs> seven years ago, <laughs> it was still mostly in paper form. I saw an ad uh, for a web series, and this guy was looking for a chick who could play a really tough girl, but yet still have heart and does have a little mm-hmm. bit of martial arts experience. And I was like, oh, I can totally do that. So I submitted, I auditioned, and that's where I first met Tony LaDowdy, who is one of the kindest human beings I've ever met. He is the creator of all things Kung Fu Femme. That's his baby. That's his bag. And he has several veins of the Kung Fu Femmes going from a troupe that I honestly, I I am not involved with the troupe, but it's a fantastic, fantastic concept that he has where these these girls all study under a guy named Terry Tanier of martial arts, and they do exquisite things. And then they have performances basically all over the place. And they they dance and they fight and they have show all their art forms. Another arm of the Kung Fu Femmes is the web series that I have the honor of playing the series lead in. And right. my character is this kind of head honcho chick, this kind of a sensei, but really more like if you were to think more street-like, you know, like the head honcho of of a group of girls, and she's very protective of her group of girls, of her posse, and she helps sure. train and, you know, uh, basically dealing with, like, the, the Chinese triad, and there's just all these fun, dramatic elements um, in, in within it that's been fun mm-hmm. for acting. Yeah, it is. It's they're, it's just so much fun. So that's how uh-huh. I got involved with it. And then Terry Tenier also does all of the fight choreography. So I got to really learn some more things from him, and watching him is like, I don't know, man. It's seriously like watching a river flow. Oh, pretty. He's so elegant and so sharp and so clean and so wonderful. Uh, That's just an honor to work with him. Hmm. Very nice. Oh, that that's awesome. Oh, where was it? There, there I am. Uh, you know, <laughs> bear with, bear with, Michelle, just bear with Bob. I mean, I have to. Rosita has to. <laughs> you'll fit right in. You know, we always we all lose ourselves sometimes. It's important that we say, "There I am." 
Yes. I love it. Yes. Girl, who's Bob, right. are you ready? <laughs> uh, well, I was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, too much. But, you know, if I wanted this kind of abuse, I, I, I could have brought Rusty on the line. <laughs> well, I guess I would just fill in a partial bit of her shoes then. <laughs> that's that's true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Racine and I here at the Kung Fu Femmes is up for a couple of awards. How do you how do you feel about that? Oh, I think it's fantastic. Tony, you got to understand the creator, Tony Ladati, he has literally, truly, honestly worked his ass off with such high integrity and high morals and passion for what he does that I, I'm just so excited that there's recognition starting to happen for the series Good. itself. And I, I, he is so highly deserving of every mm. recognition that comes down the pipeline for it. It's so exciting. Very exciting. Do you know now, what now award? Our, our, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just asking oh. Michelle, do you know what award? That's the question of the century. There is a there is a film festival, and it's happening while I'm out of town. And now I can't think of it because I was like, oh, crap, I'll be out of town. I won't be able to see it. I won't be able to go to it. I oh, don't worry about it. I was just remember. curious. Yeah. Yeah. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. It is. It's really cool. It's really cool. And it is up for some really cool awards. Bob. Are you well, on th- mute? Th- that was. I know. I, I'm actually here. I'm listening because typically <laughs> when I've got you and and especially if Rusty's on and I've got you on, I usually just sit back and and relax because I'm not getting a word in. Well, that's not fair. I mean, I think we're sharing the mic pretty well, don't you think, Michelle? We are. We are. Some and there and this is funny. And I can say this because I love her. There was a time when when Rusty was on a, such a roll, I had I asked my wife to go get me food. She went and got me food, brought it back. I ate it and still had nutter to work. She <laughs> was on this roll one time where I could have just went on mute and never said a word, and she then she was fine with that. But oh, I can yeah. say that because she's listening. And it, it was actually really funny. Uh, that is funny. You, you know, you're, you're best. You're known best for your work in horror films and indie films, but you've also yes. been in short films and plays. Do you prefer a yes. particular genre to work with, or and, and do you own your and do you do your all your own stunts? I do most of my stunts. There's a couple of there was a one or two episodes where some really complicated stuff happened in Kung Fu Femmes, where there was a really great girl who came in and did some of the stunts for it. Other than that, the answer is yes to all of the stunts in everything I've ever done. Um, uh, I, you know, I love the format of film so much, and it's hard because I really love film and I really love theater. Because in theater, you have to not necessarily get it right, but you really got to be focused. Uh-huh. There's no second take. And so no matter what happens on stage, you've got to roll with it. And that's mm-hmm. very, very exciting, and it's very, very challenging, and I, I love that. I love that aspect of it. Uh, but film is – my heart is so much in film, and if I could shoot movies every single breathing day of my life, I would be 
the most ecstatic chick in the world because mm-hmm. that's how much I honestly love working in movies. Feature films. Shorts are fun and they're oh, fabulous, but cool. I love feature films, man. They are. That's just where it's at. Well, I I agree with you completely, Michelle. I'm not as accomplished as you, but I enjoy it also. I mean, even if it's the 500th take and I'm whining at that point, I still enjoy it very much. Yeah, <laughs> man. I mean, nothing beats it because you get to, you know, especially when there's drama involved. Comedies are a lot of fun, too. But I love mm-hmm. drama because I love how deep you have to go, whether it's drama in horror or just drama drama. You get to have that time that only a movie gives you to go really, really deep on an emotional level and really connect to what's happening and ex- in a way that you just don't get to explore in other mediums. Uh, mm. I just, yeah, hands down, even if it's a supporting role for only a couple of days, I'm cool with it. It's just so much fun. Well, it's just such a great experience. So I totally. want to um, talk about a great experience that you had working on a film, specifically Backfire. And there was an unexpected <laughs> response um, while you were filming uh, from the LAPD. And I was wondering if you could share that story with us. This is one of this is probably like if I were to think of all the really funny, funny things that could happen, this is still in the top five. I, um, uh, mm-hmm. funnily enough, uh, my and ironically enough, my my bestie Randall Goldsby and I, we both happened to manage the book the same project. And so we got to work together, which is always awesome. I love working mm. with him. And <laughs> we had this scene where we had to go sprinting down like four flights of stairs inside of an apartment building and then go outside. And we were staying inside, staying inside, staying inside. The crew and everybody, we were all in there. And we did, you know, did several takes of just literally just, boom, sprinting downstairs and then running back up, sprinting downstairs. Well, the last take, the director, Ben Demery, goes, all right, cool. We'll take it all the way through the door and hit the sidewalk outside. We're like, yeah, absolutely. And I'm playing this total badass character who's, you know, got a gun. She's a hit woman. And I've got Randall. And he, I'm dragging him behind me because he's kind of like, he's he's basically my, my hostage. And, you know, I just finished kicking somebody's ass, ironically enough, Terry Tanya's ass from Kung Fu Femme. <laughs> I just kicked his ass in the hallway, grabbed Goolsby, and we'd go, boom, sprinting down the stairs. And I've got this fake automatic firearm in my hand. And I'm dragging Landel with my left hand. Uh-huh. So we go booking outside, <laughs> outside of this apartment building in North Hollywood. And hit the sidewalk at a full dead sprint and the camera guys follow us to this one landing where the kind of their point of view is looking down at us so they're sure. not on the sidewalk with us they've got the bird's eye view thing happening so we hit the sidewalk and i'm like oh i'm all adrenalized and landles like police i'm like what he's like the police i was like what 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 are you talking about and he's like dude there's cops and i turn around and there's a, a male and female cop. They have their, they just happen to be chilling outside the building. We probably gave them a heart attack. Oh. Um, <laughs> had their doors open to their car and, like, standing behind their open car doors of their cop car with their guns drawn at us, oh screaming God. at us at the top of their lungs. And I was like, oh, my God. I was like, it's a fake gun. And he's like, Michelle, you should probably drop the gun. I was like, what? Oh, oh, my God, I almost became a actor who made the news, who gets shot by the LAPD because they're known for their tolerance of holding a fake gun. So I'm, like, gingerly dropping this fake gun into a planter, and I'm 
hands up and the cops come and they frisk us and, and they, you know, finally believe that we were actually just shooting something. They looked up and saw the crew, you know, standing waving at them going, no, 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 it's really okay. They're just idiot actors. Oh, my God. Yeah, so I mean, it was it was just comedy, and and the and the female cop was just getting ready to like frisk me. She says, "Do you have anything on you, whatsoever that could you know cut me or poke me or whatever?" And mm-hmm. I said, "Sister, take a look at the jeans I'm wearing. If I have a credit card in my pocket, you're gonna see it." And she just started laughing, <laughs> and we all left, and we walked away. Like you know, we just walked away. Luckily, thank God. Luckily, but it was, oh my gosh, it that could have turned really out terribly. Funny. Totally. <laughs> well, that was some theater, fun. right? You have to react on the fly. You did a great job. Oh, that's Well, I think I've waited long enough. I actually think I oh, am going yes, to be my host on Rusty. came real. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Hold on. <laughs> what? <laughs> I guess she no, wasn't what? ready for that. I wasn't because I was talking to people the point. <laughs> Hi, Daisy. Hey, how you doing, Bob? I'm good. I'm good. Uh flew the point also got promoted today, and they had a wonderful time. I wanted to bring them on and talk to Michelle a little bit. Uh, we're having a – you're listening, man. We're having a great time here. Do you have any questions <laughs> for Michelle? <laughs> Oh my God! I'm sorry. I I I, I just distracted her. Hopefully she's now. How are you listening? You got it on in your stereo. You got Bluetooth. What do you got? It's um it's feeding through. It's, yeah, it's feeding through the stereo via Bluetooth. And uh, we were just talking about Daisy's first black belt test, and then I and then like in the, the the volume was actually down, and then. I'm going to bring Rusty on. And I'm like, oh, what is that? And I pulled up the, <laughs> pulled up the volume, and I was like, well, wait a minute. They're talking to us. <laughs> you know, well, oh, while and you're Michelle. on. <laughs> and Michelle. Very on. good. Hello. Hello. Lisa. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your schedule to join them, us. <laughs> it is Today. my pleasure. My pleasure. Oh, Thank you. Awesome. I wish I could actually be there and, and relieve uh, Bob of the control board duties, but yeah, we're in a car. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it sounds like you had a really great day, though. It's all good. Yeah, great seminar, and uh, we're driving home now, and uh, I think we're both going to ice and tape things <laughs> when, we, when we get home. My knee's, my knee's like, all swollen now. <laughs>
because it looks like Bob and Michelle are handling it pretty well. They get up all the good questions. <laughs> we are actually, but now, uh, Michelle, do, do you have an official martial arts ranking? Do I have a what? I'm sorry. An official. Mar- I'm going to put you on mute, Rusty. There we go. Uh, a lot of the ambient noise you can hear coming through the phone. Uh, do you have an official martial arts ranking? I don't. No. Oh, okay. I've, I've that... never. I've never tested. Uh, I've never tested for a belt. Well, it's obviously you, you, not needed for... because Michelle's so successful. So she's showing uh, strong women martial arts, you know, in, in the media. So that's wonderful. Now Thank I'm going to bring something up that I'm going to bring something up that that is in your bio, and I hope you don't mind. I understand you are a cancer survivor, which is very admirable, yeah. and congratulations. Uh, yeah, thank are you. you. Are you doing anything with your bad experience, uh, d- doing uh, uh, charity work and that sort of thing to spread the word to, to help out those in need? You know, I try to. I I don't know if anybody ever feels like they do enough to help other people. I know I don't feel like I do enough to help other people, but I sure do my best. I, in 2013, had papillary thyroid cancer, and when that I went through that, I spoke to, man, I don't even know, because I don't like doing research on the Internet, because the Internet always makes you feel like you're going to, just drop dead in four seconds. Um, it's still so true. Of fear-based propaganda that it's just yes. ridiculous. So yep. I talked to people, probably two or three hundred people, um, if not more, via Facebook and regular emails and phone conversations and meeting people and just got a lot of lay of the land more. And I, I lost my dad to cancer and I just lost one of my best friends to cancer. And it's it's a beast. And I decided to start a web series of my own called An Intimate Look with Michelle Tomlinson to just start interviewing other people who have not just cancer, but have just kind of gone through their own slice of hell and be somebody, be a voice on the Internet that doesn't make you feel like you're going to die in five seconds and and have other people share their stories about their different experiences, uh, be it a cancer survivor or I had a, a gentleman who was a, he's from Iran, and what it was like for him mm-hmm. many years ago to get here. He was there when, when the fall of Iran happened and all these different things. That he, So he went through his hell of even just trying to immigrate to this country and how he had to do it through Germany and just different people's stories of really difficult times they went through made it through to the other side and what they're doing to spread their own light afterwards oh, and great. and what they've chosen to do. Because what's so important, especially when we're looking at stuff online, is to remember that there's always hope. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whether you're facing a stage one or a stage four or whatever you're going through, uh, somebody close to you dying, any of that stuff, or even addiction, it you can get through it. And sometimes we feel like we can't. But the mm-hmm. point of that show, of that internet show that I created, is to let people know, like, hey, you can. And mm-hmm. I, I suppose to do that through other people's stories. And uh, it's been it's been tremendous. There's 20 interviews up now. 
<clears throat> excuse me, you can find it all under uh, michelletomlinson.tv, and it's really cool. There's, uh, my yogi guru guy, Eric Pascal, was a drug addict. Oh, and wow. I just now called him my yogi guru guy. Put that yeah. together, you know, where you're like, wait, what? The yogi guru, Mr. Yogi guy, was a drug addict? <laughs> what? And and you, you start to hear and learn other people's stories and realize how similar all of us really are underneath everything. We're it's we're just have such strong similarities. And I also help out with a couple of charities. I just had a ginormous drive for the downtown women's shelter where uh, some friends of mine and I created and made these things. Uh, I called it the coffee can drive, where we collaged the coffee cans, used coffee cans, cleaned them out. Uh, and, and filled them with miniature toothpaste, toothbrush, socks, hairband, tampons, oh. nail files, uh, mouthwash, soap, jewelry, I mean, just all this different stuff. And I had a ton of people donate to that, to the coffee can project is what I is what I kept calling it. A ton of people donated to that, and it was a really successful drive that I, I delivered to the downtown women's shelter, which was a pretty amazing experience, and I look forward mm-hmm. to doing more for them. I'm going to do a holiday drive for them. And I also do a lot of food drives for a place called Big Sunday. Big Sunday in, is a place here in Los Angeles that is like the epic middleman. You They, they receive a ton of donations for blah, blah drives that's going to benefit a blah, blah place. And and so they accept all these donations and they turn around and deliver everything to wherever it is they're delivering for. And it's such an amazing organization. They help homeless. They help uh, battered women. Uh, they help uh, fill food pantries of various different religions. Of all, it's wonderful. It's a, such a good organization. And so I really enjoy working closely with them. And I usually do a few drives uh, a year to just help donate to their cause. And I'm doing a Thanksgiving drive. I just uh, They just contacted me the other day and asked if I would do a Thanksgiving drive to help uh, donate to them for this Thanksgiving, their food drive. Well, that's a lot of work. Thank you for doing that. Man, it's not, you know, thank you. But, I, my gosh, I just look at time and I look at life and go, there can be more done. I'm that yeah. person. I'm always like, mm, let's do more, let's do more, let's do more. So... Bob, can I ask Michelle a question? May Absolutely. I? Yes. Okay. I don't want to cut you off, but Michelle, you know, when you started this Michelle Tomlinson TV while you were ill, did that help heal you at all, reaching out to your interviewees and hearing their stories? You know, it was, I started it right after I was done with cancer. And oh. it was like I had... I dealt with the cancer, and then three months after getting a thyroidectomy, which is where you get your, I had my thyroid and nine lymph nodes removed that were all, like, uh, pretty goopy. And I three months after that, I had a second surgery because I had such horrible endometriosis and a big, huge cyst in one of my ovaries. So that was three months after that. And so it was about, I would say, four or five months after that second surgery that I started the show. The, the seed had been planted while I was sick, but it, yeah. I didn't actually launch it until some months passed. It takes a minute oh, to, to, to oh, catch Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's great. <laughs> that's wonderful. 
it's just wonderful. Uh, all of it. I don't. There's not even a word. <laughs> <So. laughs> uh, well, I know. Just, I mean, not just. Well, you're gonna say, Bob. No. So the, this this baby is truly a blessed event, and I yeah. really do. I really want to congratulate you. You've been through some some things. Now, when you you were talking about research on the internet, and I'm sorry, researching on the internet sometimes does suck because they do their worst possible scenarios. Like you said, you think yeah. you're going to die. Did, oh, did totally. you? I mean, did you like flip a little bit, or did you Big calm time. down and did you? Uh, what was that yeah, like? I, what was I going through your mind? Well, you know, one of, I've got, if this if this woman, because I don't know who she is, because I blocked whoever she is out of my mind completely, but if she ever hears this come up, she's probably going to have a heart attack when she realizes how horribly uh, she is affecting people by what she put out there. Mm. There was this woman who had, I stumbled across her blog. It was all about thyroid cancer. And she was like, oh, my God. It's come back a couple times now. This is the worst thing ever. I keep having to swallow radioactive iodine. I don't have any hair. My two kids are driving me crazy. I've gained over 130 pounds. I hate my life. And this is like seriously the stuff that she was she was writing all of this as a blog oh to try to inform other people of thyroid cancer. And it took everything. I mean, it scared the hell out of me. Number one, because I was like, mm-hmm. oh my god, you know, I'm. I'm so sensitive about my weight. I, I don't want to gain 130 pounds. Oh, my God, she mm-hmm. lost all of her hair. So I'm picturing this ginormous bald woman with two screaming children and a non-supportive, <laughs> and she keeps having to swallow microwaves, and it was like, <laughs> you've got to be kidding me. Because there, the real reality is thyroid cancer takes a really long time to spread, and it takes a really long time to kill you. And the real, real, real reality is is that I just lost an uncle. In two weeks, it'll be a year that I lost him to the exact same thyroid cancer I had. So, you know, you you read all this stuff online, and then you talk to other human beings. And I've, I've talked to several people who beat it and never had a recurrence. One guy had a recurrence, and he said, I, you know, three years after I finished having it, I got it again. I had another radioactive iodine treatment. That was 10 years ago. I've been fine. My oh, uncle, it was found too late, and they couldn't do anything. So 12 years, he had cancer growing in him and couldn't do anything about it. Because mm. he did Ooh. every single treatment humanly possible. He did all of it for 12 years. So there's such varying degrees of what can happen. And then, you know, you go online... And you read something like this woman's blog who makes you feel like you're you're never going to get rid of it. You're going to go bald. You're going to get gigantically, you know, humongous. Um, it's crazy. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. And then people were saying online, like, don't get the radioactive iodine. You have a higher fatality rate within five years of having cancer. If you take this iodine because it kills all your normal cells, then comes that moral dilemma of, well, my God do I take that iodine or do I not take mm-hmm. that iodine? Where are these people getting their facts from? It drove me crazy. And I, one night, there was one night I was reading all this nonsense and I had an epic meltdown, stop sobbing. That's mm-hmm. when I got completely freaked out and scared. And I was just like, I I can't do this. I can't buy into, I can't buy into fear-based propaganda. 
Yeah. And that's there was a switch in me that just clicked and went off and I I never looked up anything other than, Hey, what's the you know, common ingredient in something there that you know, just some kind of mm. basic uh to to research online because and, and that goes with being pregnant too. I mean, anything you research online about being pregnant <laughs> baby's going to die if you do such a such and it's like oh my god people like no wonder everybody's such a mess everybody's on the internet they're looking at things and everything that's on the internet is fear-based propaganda freaking the hell out of everybody so yeah and then they go to the psychiatrist and get pills to level them out i mean it's all self-induced you know it's the choice and we all have choice at every moment to decide what we're going to buy into or not so they go and they get their volume and then they're fine but they're still feeling yeah yeah, which and I can't I can't buy into that. You know, people have things and they have to take their medication and that's cool and that's their path. But I cannot buy into that stuff for myself. There's no way. There's just no yeah. way. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing. Um, yeah. You know, now, what about just, your, uh, oh, go ahead, Bob. Now, what about your producing, Michelle? You're you're an actress. You're a producer. Uh, so how much behind the scenes work have you done? You know, there's. I'm dying to get a feature film off the ground, the sequel to The Cellar Door, but I've done a little bit behind the scenes. I Not tons, but enough to know the the basic steps of producing and how to get something together. And, yeah. you know, I've been through the experience of hiring all the wrong people. Uh, and <laughs> we learned so much through- by our, yeah. <laughs> Oh my god! It was like it was like film school, like a uh, boot camp or something. It kicked my ass. An experience hiring all the right people and having really, really great experiences. So I, I always try to anytime I'm putting a project together of any kind, I surround myself with people as smart or smarter than myself. Amen. Because if you, you know, if you're going to think that you already know it all, you're doomed to fail. Like that project, whatever it is, I don't care what it is, it will go down in flames. But if you if you surround yourself with people who are at the very least like-minded and, and or smarter than you, where you can learn from and it will force you to grow, then you've got a shot at things. So I've done a little bit. I've done some webisodes uh, and, and and stuff like that. And then, of course, my, my little show, my internet show, um, I, I, I do that. That's a walk in the park, though. It's such an easy thing to produce. It's like breathing. It's so easy. Yeah. Now, when, when the baby comes, uh, how long are you going to take off? My intention is only to take a week or two fully off, but I have the glory of working at home. So yeah, yeah. even working, I'm available. I, I, I am very, very fortunate that I'm not in a harried panic of looking for a, um, what do you call it, a daycare yeah. or any of that. Right. Uh, I, I have a lot of people who are offering their babysitting services, which is very exciting because then that means I can make mm-hmm. it to some yoga classes. Oh, definitely. But <laughs> really from work, probably just a week or two off, and then I'll start trickling work back in and uh, do what I can and try to get the biggest thing, biggest piece of advice that I've been told by several other women who have their own businesses is to get your baby on your schedule. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what that really means yet until I actually experience doing this, but mm-hmm. I'm going to do my best to try to get little baby onto my schedule 
so that way it becomes a copacetic working environment and it's also conducive as a mothering environment to her because she's number one priority. Mm-hmm. Like nothing, nothing trumps kid ever. So I'm mm-hmm. just going to try to make sure I can get her in my sphere of schedule so that we can all just work together and, and rock it out and have fun. That's actually really good advice. You, you know, the worst advice I ever got from people when, when I when I had uh, when my kids were small, they had no kids. It was like, I'm never going to hit my kid. I'm never going to spank them. I'm never going to do this. I said, really? How many kids do you have? She said, well, none. Got to be kids. Wait until you have one, and they, th- and, and they chip a golf ball through your back window. <laughs> See how you feel then. Because that exactly. happened to me. And my son came to the front and went to his happen. mother and, and, and said, Mom, I gotta show you something. I gotta show you. I wouldn't talk to me at all. And he <laughs> chipped a golf ball right through his bedroom window. <laughs> yep, I can only imagine. I, I don't think anything can prepare you for what all of this is like until you're going through it. Mm-hmm. No, no. People can sit there and have all their little pious judgment they want, but until they've experienced the things you have, they they don't have a, they don't have much say so in it. That's I call right. that and, not having a day to the cliff. Yeah. Exactly. And, uh, you know, and if, if you wait until you're ready to have a baby or you wait until you can afford it, you're never going to have Never happen. Never. <laughs> yeah. no, never going to happen. I totally agree with you on that one. Yeah. Well, but Michelle, I you talked a little bit about being a – oh, sorry. Go ahead, Bob. No, that's okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Say what you're going to say. No, I, I have a really cool question I want to ask Michelle because she's talking about producing. And so, Michelle, you know, you've been on both sides now, and you're still on the acting side and doing some producing. You know, what are the challenges? Are there different challenges uh, as being a producer from being the main acting talent? But, yeah, as the producer, it's uh, your neck is on the line in a completely different way. Ooh, if you can't get something off the ground, like I'm really having a, a challenging time getting a, a feature film off the ground because I want to do it right. And mm-hmm. I've had the opportunity to do it black job, lazy, uh, just like a lot of other people are doing things type of thing. Yeah. And I don't, I just can't bend. I won't bend. I, I refuse to bend. And I would rather not do it if it means I have to, you know, shelve it forever. Because yeah. I, I want to do things a, a right way and with integrity. And uh, your neck is just on the line a different way because there's there's people that I really want to work with that I, you know, really want to produce this film. And there's people I really want to work with in a specific manner. And you can't really offer that out to them. Mm. And, you, and you, you know, you can talk about things and you can go, okay, we have, we have a location and we have that all but locked down and a you know great talent to play a particular character and you're going but we need the funding and so it's it's things like that where you just kind of I run into the walls I I'm my gift in producing is putting the right people together to get a project yeah. done and mm-hmm. uh, other people have the gift of really pursuing the money to come in to make that project come to fruition mm-hmm. and that's you know that's the missing link and so that's there's a different pressure because when you're an actor you're one of the last cogs in the wheel. Mm-hmm. You know, the 
producing, uh, the producers have already gone through getting the funding, well, hopefully, <laughs> Lord willing, they've already gone through <laughs> getting the funding and lining up the locations, and the director's hired, and there's storyboards in place, and the director has a vision, and sometimes the writer is the director, and they have a specific way they want to do things, and they collaborate with you, and all of these things are already in play, and you have no idea how long it took for them to get there or their journey of that. You just know that you're a hired gun for this project. And your job yeah. is to bring truth to the script that is provided to you and, and bring writing on a piece of paper to life to the best of your ability. Mm-hmm. And that is a certain pressure, but it is far less than that of producing and acting in a project. Yeah, and so clearly. When you're producing and, and acting in the same thing, you have to be able to give what's called like the production Bible. You got to hand it over to somebody else because it's. I found it really challenging to be in the middle of getting, you know prepping for a scene and getting asked inane questions about lunch mm-hmm. and oh where did the where did the uh, <laughs> what do you call it petty cash envelope go and where did and I'm like holy balls I'm about to prep for killing somebody and it's really hard for my character to go through with it and I'm having to deal with petty cash like right. <laughs> you just learn that it's just different, and and um, and I will do it again at some point to be able to produce and act in something. I've got no qualms about it, but now I'm smarter about it, and I'll hand yeah. somebody else the production bible so that that person gets to be all me all day, and I just get to be the actor and and get to do my thing. Oh, uh, very cool. A- I do I do have a question though, Michelle, because I've never heard it quite put so eloquently. Did you really just say holy balls? Yeah, she did. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes, yes, I did. <laughs> that was a, that was so eloquently said. <laughs> yes, it was. With such conviction, I loved it. I, and that's why I was What's asking because I was like thinking, did did she really did just, she really just say, say that? that? Yes. Did she, did she really just say that? I loved it. I loved it. You, you know, can Rubs, say it as much as you want, Michelle, on the show. That's right. That's right. Just, uh, <laughs> I'm lost for words, Michelle. That never happens. Uh, Rusty and I do see some outlandish things every now and then. Uh, the other Michelle on this line also said some very outlandish things in the past. Right, Michelle? I do not. I never do. That's such a blatant lie. <laughs> this is slander. Yes, it was, but not what I said, what you just said. That was the blatant lie. <laughs> Well, holy balls, Bob, please. Give it up. Give it a break. <laughs> so, what, what, yes. Now, now do, do you have anything that you've got up in the pipe after after the baby, after you've, you've made the schedule up? Have you got anything coming that you're working on? Uh, my show. I definitely want to continue working on my show, and Good. I really want to get – uh, there's some television shows that I'm targeting that I really would like to get auditioned for and book. As far as films that I'm attached to, there's uh, what I, was talking to. I was talking to somebody uh, I can't think of who it was, but he said something that was really great. I'm attached to a lot of things through the ether, but until it's like a cement thing and I'm on the set, I just don't talk much about it. And I thought that would be a brilliant awesome. way to put things because you know, people approach me and say, hey, I'm going to be a, a, attached to this, attached to that. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's some really great scripts out there that I'm excited 
to hopefully be a part of, but I'm not producing. You know, it's it's just as an actor. And hopefully those things come to fruition and come to pass because there's one written by a, a female, a, a woman I know, and it's a really cool script. It's a really cool story, and it's a really cool character. And it's something that I'm loosely attached to, and hopefully mm-hmm. that's something we can shoot, but not uh, it, it's not in my control as to how or when that would happen. Very cool. Well, Michelle, it looks like we have a caller. Uh, I would Ooh. like to take this call. I think I know who it is. I'm not 100% positive. It looks like it's a North Carolina number. Do you know anyone from North Carolina? I know a couple of people from North Carolina. They're very lovely. Yeah. Well, let's bring them on. It's area code 704, first three number 706. You're live on Dynamic Dojo. Who's this? Hey, this is Pat Daniel. How are you guys? I'm doing wonderful, Patrick. How are you? Hey, man, I'm all right. I'm all right. Hey, uh, I, unfortunately, I cannot ask any questions or comments on the show because I just got off the highway and I just turned you guys on. So I'm not real sure what's going on, so I'm just I, I want to listen to see what's happening. Oh, perfect. Stay on. If you come up with any questions, we've got Michelle Tomlinson on the line. Michelle, this is Patrick McDaniel, uh, uh, Masters Hall of Fame alumni that came down for the Masters Hall of Fame this year. And uh, nice. he Hi, is our, our North Carolina Thanks. connection. Sweet. Thank you so much. Hello, hello. All right. How are you today? I'm fantastic, man. How's it going? Are you good? Hey, I'm good. I really am. I'm good. I just enjoy listening to these guys on the radio and wanted to see what was going on tonight. So I'm, I'm listening. I'm all it is. <laughs> very cool. It's a very in-depth conversation. Uh, yes, Very. <laughs> Holy balls! Holy balls! Holy balls! That's it. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm not gonna let I'm not gonna live that down because I was the one who brought it up. That's right. So, Ms. That's true. So, Michelle, you're you're married, correct? I am. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did not. I did not want to assume anything because of the time time and place we live in. Uh, tell us about your husband. Is he? It, has he always supported the Kung Fu fans? Because obviously you're an actress, you're traveling, you're doing the shows. Uh, what what role is he playing a role in any of your projects? Oh well, this is this is where it gets very funny. Actually, mm-hmm. I have mm-hmm. known Chris for years and years and years, and we were really my husband's Chris, and we were really good friends for like eight or nine years before we ever even started dating. And wow. back in the days when we were just friends, he wrote a feature film called The Cellar Door. And he said, hey, I wrote this movie with you in mind to, to play the lead. You know, give it a read. Well, this is the first time anybody's attached to me, uh, talked to me about attaching me to a feature film. So I was like, oh, my God, this is this is cool. amazing. I've known you for years, and I've been in, was in all of his student films. And he had connected with, uh, one of the most amazing women I've ever met, Hillary Six, uh, God rest her soul, and, and Matt Zettel, who was the director. And they formed a production company, and so Chris was, gives me the script. So I read the script, and I was like, hold up, dude. This is about a chick who's locked in a cage, tormented by a psychopath, and finally, you know, spoiler alert, but she gets away and kicks his ass, like, I'm not sure if I'm alarmed or honored that he wrote something with me in mind. 
and the character spends ninety percent of the movie locked in a cage. <laughs> oh my gosh. And so you know, actually wrote something that I was in, and so uh, we've we've worked together in so many projects where I was the actor and, and he had written different things uh, when he was in film school and what have you. And so fast forward to now, he actually does all of my editing and all the technical work for my show. Great. And so we work together in a, in a slightly different format, more of a partnery type of way, but not on all projects, just on some projects. Because it's mm-hmm. to me, it's a really important thing to each have our own lives mm-hmm. and have something to discuss at the end of the day. And so he also works at... Universal, their Halloween Horror Nights and and their Grinchness stuff and all that in their entertainment department, which is so lovely because he has like the straight job, you know. And and while I'm I'm an acting coach and I'm an actor and I produce things and I'm always noodling out with different projects, he's you know the dude who's a little bit more stable um, than I am, which is good. It's a good balance. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, he's probably more stable because cool I'm talking to you and I. I, I think you're nuts anyway. Uh, so it's a good thing he's more stable than you. Oh, my God. That is ridiculous. There was supposed to be a punchline in there, but I lost it halfway through. Oh, it's definitely gone. It wasn't translated. Michelle, as an acting coach, you could probably give Bob some lessons on focus. Oh, I think he's just reverting back to holy balls. It's all good. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, we should convert it to holy flaming balls. But Holy um, flaming balls. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, have a, I have a question, Michelle. I was wondering, you know, I know you're an acting coach as well, and is there one, I know there's so much that you must instruct your students on, but if there could be one message that you get that you want your students to walk away with, whether it's like a short-term one-on-one coaching for a specific role or just, you know, generally getting them to a level where they feel comfortable auditioning for any role, like is there one message that you hope they walk away with when their time is done wow. with you? One message. Uh yeah. Or is there several? I mean, what what do you impart into your students where maybe some students have come back and have gotten roles because of what you've instructed them to do or how to be or what to say? Well, you know, i got to give it up to anybody I've ever worked with coaching-wise, especially uh, my ongoing clients. I have a lot of ongoing clients. And watching them grow because there's a lot that happens in this industry that really knocks the hell out of you. I mean, it's, it's a tough industry. It's really really tough and it's hard to be a dreamer and be Mm -hmm. in a tough industry at the same time and not lose it not lose your grip not lose your passion not lose your drive so it's the it's them that they do all the heavy lifting they do all the work i guide i help i coach i help them you know get to places in their mind and, and all of that kind of stuff but they have to be willing participants and only in order to move forward. Because mm-hmm. if they're not, they, they can't have the growth that they're seeking if they're going to decide and choose to be stuck where they are. But two, there's two big things that has I have seen and experienced that have helped most of my people is faith and perseverance and authenticity. Because a lot of people pick up a script and they start to act and they mm-hmm. adopt this voice or they, they like all of the stuff that makes them them 
is gone. And I don't mean that, you know, every role just be yourself with, you know, blah, blah, blah. But there's a thread of us. Always. That to remain authentic mm-hmm. in the work. Even if you're Anthony Hopkins playing Hannibal Lecter in Silence of the mm-hmm. Lambs, not like the man went out and, you know, killed people and ate them for his research. There were pieces of his own authenticity that he wove in and figured out the character and brought that character to life and made a lot of really great choices, like not blinking on camera ever as Hannibal mm-hmm. that helped that character come to life. Um, but there were parts of that character that were also really compassionate. And there's threads of that, that authenticity that come through that just make him somewhat likable. And suddenly you're feeling something for a loathsome character and you're feeling for him. That's kind of yeah. crazy. But he, because <laughs> of how he weaves his stuff, does that. So authenticity is, is so important in our work and, and not phoning it in. And if your character, if it says, she feels sad, then you need to sad. You don't need to sit there and, you know, practice a face in the mirror and, and try to look sad. You've got to, like, actually feel sad. Right, Get right, to that right. place and go inside. Mm-hmm. Acting is not on the outside. That's that's the job of the, the amazing wardrobe and hair and makeup people. That's their right. outside stuff is them. The inside mm-hmm. stuff is the acting. And the face like of perseverance that. is equally important mm-hmm if not more so, because you can, like there was an article that came out a little bit ago, Mark Ruffalo, the dude who currently plays the yeah. Hulk, if people don't know who Mark Ruffalo is, 600 yeah. auditions without booking something. 600. Wow, really? 600, yes. You, you can Google that. You can research that one online. 600 auditions. Not a single book. Unbelievable. Now, I, I know actors that Church have gone a hundred and ten auditions without booking and came to me in tears ready to break up, ready to finish, ready mm-hmm. to like leave town and so mm-hmm. angry and so frustrated because it is a hard industry. You can lose a job because you you look too much like the director's ex wife. Right. <laughs> right, right. With your work. You know, you you can book Creamy. a job because you have the right essence of a character. And maybe your acting chops aren't quite where they need to be, but my God, you match that essence, and so they exactly. do hire you. It, yeah. It's a tough industry, and the people who can survive in it are the ones who will find success. And I have, mm-hmm. I have every age that walks in my living room from seven years old to 80, and it's it's all the same. We're all the same. We're all those same creatives that are in a place in our lives that we all want more. We all want different. We all, you know are working towards a thing, an intangible thing, and there's no guarantee mm-hmm. it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But if you have faith and perseverance and you keep your authenticity intact, the chances increase greatly of you working. Right. Uh, wow. Wonderful. Great, great I, advice. Yeah, I know, you know, it speaks to, uh, I, I, you know, I don't live in Hollywood, but I'm there quite a bit. And, you know, I walk in, and I'm not a, a triple size zero, and I'm a muscular no. martial artist, you know, and I teach, and I, I'm just built for strength and banging. And so, uh, and don't make a joke, Bob, but I'm talking about contact. <laughs> um, right. So, you know, I go to these, like, you know, even just a couple nights ago as a movie premiere, and there's other things that you attend, but there's these beautiful stick figures around. 
these women yeah. that have, yeah. uh, you know, like six-year-old, nine-year-old bodies, only they're elongated. <laughs> and yeah. um, they mm-hmm. walk around. And I think that it's, what I'm trying to say is uh, your point to authenticity. I, you know, I think that if I didn't know who I was and what I was about um, and you what my intentions out. were, I probably yeah. would feel like the biggest status cow, worth nothing. Yep. What am I even there for? Um, That's how and I feel I, all the time. Yeah. Yeah, and I think you know now yeah. it's so funny. I go around to these events, and I and I, I don't mean to be get personal, but it actually reinforces who I am. It's the complete opposite. Yeah. It's like, yep, you do you, all of you. <laughs> Ten of you weigh what I like, maybe weigh what I weigh. And I'm sorry you had a half a gummy yeah. bear and a sip of Sprite for you know your meal today. Well, while I'm having yeah. a steak, but I feel great about my strength, my health, my cognitive processing, my ability to keep. Of focused and true to my intentions, no matter what. Yeah. And it goes back yep. to what you were talking about, working with great people. I mean, if there's anything that we need to do, and we, if we even kind of go in and out of the industry or we're in it full time or we, we have friends that are in it, it's to remember who you are, to be yep. that authentic self. And if you don't know, you're going to get dragged around. You're going to oh, spend, you're, or you're going to get on drugs because you can't handle the pressure. So it's like yep. all of, you know, it's just our choices. You know, who do we want to be, and are we going to listen to everything externally, or is it going to be internal out? And so, thank and you, you for sharing that. Yeah, my God, of course, you would be surprised, Michelle. You would be really surprised to learn that a lot of those girls, the exact chicks you're talking about, have nine thousand more insecurities than you and me combined in our twenties. Right. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. They just, they just exude it. It's amazing. They, you know what yeah. you pick up when they walk by. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and I used to feel, I know exactly, oh, my God, I know exactly what you're talking about. I used to feel uh-huh. so inferior uh-huh. to all of those women because I'd be like, oh, my God, they're so much prettier than me. They're so much thinner. They're so much taller. They're so much this. Uh-huh. They're boobs. They're this. They're that. They're butt. Yep. Oh, yep. You know, and I used to be like, I will never measure up to them. And then it was like, you know, I kind of woke up one day and it was like, I can't measure up to them because I'm five foot six. I can't yes, be five foot nine. <laughs> it's a great height. It's a beautiful height. I can't be five foot nine. And I can't, you know, there's things I can't fix or, you know, quote unquote fix about myself. I can't make my legs be longer. Mm-hmm. I, there's, and I started looking at that and it's like, but I can be exactly this. Yes. And do moments of insecurity pop up? Hell yeah, I'm a girl. It happens. But I'm good being exactly who I am and where I am because I can be pretty happy a lot of the time. Not all. Isn't it great? No, I know, but listen, we're pretty happy with ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I can be okay. That right now, I seriously, I make a joke of it, but I'm waddling like a duck. I've gained 25 pounds, (laughs) size that I never thought I would be in my entire life, and and there's like all this extra things happening on my legs. I'm like, geez, my fight, what the hell? <laughs> and I yeah. gotta tell you, I'm good with it because it's like, yeah. well, you know what? Screw it. I'm bringing life into this world. That's this right. This isn't about my figure. This is about no. <laughs> a baby happening. And I'm not eating like a lunatic. And I'm a vegetarian for crying out loud. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. None of it matters. Yeah. It's all a bunch of stuff we create in our own minds that we believe right, is the truth right, right. when mm-hmm. it's not. So That's true. Right. Wow. I, I, I have a question. Love it. Go ahead, Patrick. Hey, hey, Michelle, now that I know what's going on, <laughs> now that I know what, <laughs> what the topic is, hey, you know, 
what about people that are a million miles from, from the movie industry, but they have these ideas that they know are great? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Everyone has got these ideas, you know, oh, this would be a great movie, but we're a million miles from the movie industry. We don't know who to talk to, who to contact, who to give these ideas to. What, what, how, how do we go about that? Well, I mean, it depends if, are you a, you know, as, are you a writer? And if you're a writer, are you writing? Are you reading um, books about writing? Are you taking any writing classes? There's There's things online even that are like tutorials or, you can pay video places to uh, to teach you about writing and getting your ideas figured out and talking, you know, finding people in marketing and understanding how to put a package together or exactly. even taking a trip to Los Angeles from wherever you live because mm-hmm. there's always writer boot camps, there's always producing type workshops, uh, there's a lot of interactive ways to learn about the industry without actually living in Los Angeles. Right. It's all like the, you can have the best story ideas in the world, but if exactly. you don't know how to actually format and start to at least write out an outline, it doesn't See? matter because what happens is you meet some bloody de blah producer that you yeah. think is awesome. <laughs> you tell them this kick-ass idea, and you're like, right. oh, my God, it's so epic. It's going to be the next Lord of the Rings meets the Matrix. And everybody right. goes, right on, dude. That's not copyrighted material that you just told me. That's right. right. In a phone conversation, there's no Jeff WGA number yeah. attached to this idea you just verbally told me. And so yeah. you see half your ideas in a movie three years exactly. later by somebody with no integrity. Right. So you have to do all the steps of writing and covering your ass and Mm -hmm. getting things copywritten and registering with the WGA before you even want to try to market it anywhere, especially Los Angeles. Oh, my God. What what, what is the WGA? Writers Guild of America. Okay. And uh, I think it's WGA.com or .org or whatever. But you can go, mm-hmm. if you write something, if you have like a title and an outline even, you can go through the WGA. And I think it's, t- I'm not a writer, but I think it's 10 bucks or it's 20 bucks to register mm-hmm. that with the WGA because that at the very least gives proof that that is, that this, you know, great water bottle your movie script is your idea. Out of sight. That's, yeah, that's good information. Thanks so much. Yeah. Awesome. Now, Michelle, you, you've been around a little while. Uh, what do you think about the the changes uh, in the industry? You know, going from film to digital, the cameras getting smaller. Uh, is is it easier for, for you as an actor, actress, producer, that things are evolving the way they are at this time? It's glorious and it's awful. <laughs> it's like you know the digital revolution is so amazing because it gives so many more people gives so many especially indie filmmakers or like my show uh you know it it gives all of us uh, an opportunity to do things that 10 years ago even that we couldn't really do uh because you can't afford to to do um so it's glorious it's it's really fantastic because it gives us more of a voice to do that to, to make art. On the flip side of that, it gives more of us a voice to do stuff like that. And so there's also been an influx of people who 
have no respect for the art of telling a story, mm-hmm. throwing a video camera over their back saying, and today we make a feature film and we kind of have a script. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I have no idea what a gaffer is. I don't know what, you know, a, a director of photography should do, but I'm just mm-hmm. going to make my movie and hear my voice. And it's, you know, it's, it's times like that where it gives – indie filmmakers kind of a bad rap because there's so yeah. much crap out there. Mm-hmm. So it's glorious because, you know, we all get that voice and it's also unfortunate because we all get that voice. And I think that it's, you know, I've never been to film school. I Everything I've done, I've worked my ass off in various mm-hmm. areas from doing production assistant work to, you know, with art department and working in post-production sound facilities to learn more about that, to CAD work in casting I've worked, you know, with a practical job for the better part of 13 years, 14 years of being in Los Angeles, Uh, and, and of course, obviously acting. And so I've done so many different jobs where I understand some things, but there again goes with, you know, I want to be around people smarter than me Mm. so that I'm constantly growing. And when I have a lot of respect for the process, of putting a film together or for writing a script. I am not a writer by any stretch. They are such a special breed of humans to be Mm. able to torment themselves over whether they should put a comma in the middle of a sentence. (laughs) Like they are a breed of humans that I'm, I'm not. And so there's a huge process that goes behind anything that's scripted and done properly. And there are people in the world who, disrespect that process by just mm. calling themselves a filmmaker with having absolutely no experience in the industry whatsoever other than going to Best Buy, putting a $400 camera on their credit card, mm-hmm. and yelling action at a group of people who equally don't know what the hell they're doing. <laughs> Does that make sense? <laughs> I Perfect have a real life example. Thank you. I probably pissed off a lot of people with that so well. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So true, so true. Oh my gosh! So Michelle, I I want to know: Do you hold seminars? Or you just do one-on-one training? Because if you have a seminar or a workshop, I mean, I would love to promote that and actually come and learn from you. Oh, that would be awesome. That would be so awesome. I'm about to move to a different building, and that building has a beautiful rec room in which oh. I'm going to be allowed to do a bigger seminars. So my my plan is to actually put together a couple different seminars for different age ranges. I usually do private coaching right now, a lot of ongoing Mm -hmm. clients, people who come in for auditions and stuff, and I hold a Thursday night kids class for for ages uh, like this one. My current one, I think, is 10 10 to 13, and I allow kids like 8 to 13 to to be put together, and I keep it Mm -hmm. intimate. I keep it small because I like it. A short class, it's only two hours, because I like to be able to cover a lot of ground and have mm-hmm. a few kids get it versus trying to, you know, fill a theater or some other ego-based weird thing to do. Uh, <laughs> everything small. Right. I am going to so start true. doing seminars yeah. as soon as I move because I'll have the space to be able to do it and uh, be able to actually do on-camera seminars so people start to understand the difference uh, of, of, like, authenticity of when you're actually in it versus I'm acting. You know, yeah, yeah, that type of stuff. Excellent. So yeah, oh, that'd be so rad. Uh, yay, that's good for me oh. and everyone else. So oh, can't yeah, wait. Yeah, it'll be fun. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> Where can yeah. our listeners uh, find you on the web? Uh, my main website is michelletomlinson.net, and then I, for my coaching stuff, specifically just coaching, is mtomlinsoncoaching.com. Oh, great. michelletomlinson.net and then mtomlinsoncoaching.com and then the, the, the me.tv site and Facebook and all. I mean, everywhere. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And and they can get a hold of you through the websites, or how do you prefer yeah. them to get a hold of Absolutely. you? Absolutely. Uh, email yeah, really is the best way, and not Facebook messages. I I've missed people who have tried <laughs> to contact me as Facebook emails um, when they try to get a hold of me for coaching, and I've actually missed being able to help a couple people um, through that because it's not something I check frequently enough. And when it's somebody I don't know, it sometimes will take me a few days to get to that because I'm answering mm-hmm. things people I do know. So it's just best to go regular email, which is my email is listed all over the place on those websites. I think it's even on IMDb. It's much okay. better to just contact me through that. Okay, great. Oh, very cool. Well, I am going to bring – now I'm announcing it this time, so I do not surprise her. I am going to bring Rusty back on as long as the ambient noise is okay to get her to, to say some things, maybe some closing remarks. And there she is, the Rusty. Ambient the ambient noise is still going to be ambient. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was I was listening, and I had to, like, hop out and get gas and stuff like that, so I missed stuff. And, you know, Michelle, I really loved how you were talking about, you know, how uh, some people approach filmmaking. They just kind of dump themselves into it, you know, not knowing a damn thing and, you know, and then wondering, how come nothing's happening? You know, that kind of thing. And I also really love how your tips on, you know, acting as well, Mm -hmm. because I I forgot who I was talking with a few days ago. It was, um, I, I think it was in regards to acting. Like I've met a lot of martial artists that think that they can, just get into the action movie business because they're a great martial artist, you know, yeah. and, they, Not you know, and oh, I'm all really good, but yeah, you know, what are you going to do? Just like kick and punch and not say a dang thing. Ooh, that's our <laughs> material. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> and, and it's just so sad that, that, you know, sometimes, you know, and I see people do that with like professional wrestling too, you know, Oh, I could, you know, I can do all that stuff. I've watched professional wrestling and it's like, really? Come on, you know, right, get right. some wrestling and stuff like that. Um, but I'm really glad that you went over that uh, and reminded people <laughs> about mm-hmm. that. So, so, yeah. Oh, my goodness, it's almost 8 o'clock already. What happened in the two hours? Having <laughs> <laughs> too much fun. It kept going. Okay. We had a blast. Uh, I appreciate Joe uh, getting us together. Uh, I almost said said having us hook up, but it sounded dirty. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Yes. Thank you, guys. This is awesome. I I appreciate Michelle stepping in to to co-host and all of that, guys. You guys rocked it out. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us, Michelle. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you, Rusty. And thank you, Michelle no Mom, for joining me tonight. Thank you. Michelle, I want to just wish you 
Michelle Tomlinson. I just want to wish you so much success personally and professionally. I just think you're amazing. Oh, my God. Thank you. I'm quite glad to Thank you. Thank you so much. It's a good life. Well, congratulations Thank you. On, on the first of your daughter in a couple months, Michelle. Uh, and enjoy her. Uh, it's going to be the light of your life. It's going to be life changing. Oh, I, I, I couldn't agree more, and I'm so excited. Thank you so much, you guys. Thank you, Michelle. Well, you guys have a wonderful night. Uh, and with any luck, we will be having Billy R. Smith on next week. I look forward to it. Good night, Rusty. Good night, Michelle and Michelle. And I'll talk to everybody next week. Take care, guys. Good night. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.